Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I've started doing dueling questions that are thematic or topical. I did football with David Lee. I'm doing mortality with Brad Askew. That doesn't mean either one of us are morbid <laughs> or are fixated on that, but it's uh, just a good thing to bat around with somebody. Welcome, Brad. And thank you, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsi.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. As I've said in these other mortality issues, my sponsors are handpicked. They could all be involved in some direct or indirect way in my mortality, which is not a pleasant thought, but nobody lives forever. So I'm blessed to have long life to this point, and I have life expectancy of a bunch more, but it's not infinite. So Brad, you understand the drill. We're going to do dueling questions. So hit me with something about mortality, and then I will return the favor. Thanks, Jim. But some comment you made a lot on the shows before, and I agree with it, is it seems like people are getting a little more specialized in the hobby. They want less cards and not more. They, I want more quality, not so much a zillion of everything, that kind of thing. You've talked about in the past, trying to purge maybe 10% a year over the next 10, 20 years, et cetera. Are you looking to keep all your vintage sets, for instance? Or are you thinking, okay, I'll keep the key cards, but maybe I'll purge some of the, the commons? Or is it more, let me purge more of the newer and go back to the older. And I'm keeping the vintage for longer range, closer to me, or something that I appreciate or want to keep longer as a way to think about it. What's your philosophy of how am I going to purge this from a, time frame of cards, value? Thanks, Brad. Great question. I've, I've been doing this podcast for almost two years and these issues have come up. I can say that I am not on pace for my 1% a month or 10% a year to decrease. It's basically a matter of weight and, and bulk. So I need to reduce my footprint, my cubic footprint. Right. I'm behind schedule on that. So I need to get in gear. That's part of what this is about. But a lot of those sets you're talking about were divested before I started the company. I kept some of the stars and the cards that were more meaningful to me. But most of the older sets, uh, there's still some sentimental value and, and also have real value. But uh, sure. anything that's easy to sell, Brad, is something I don't mind holding on to for a little bit longer. Something that's hard to sell or taking up a lot of room or not as valuable, if nobody's going to care then I need to be the one to find the buyer. That's my final answer to this question. That's, and I need to do it in my lifetime and not blame it on somebody else. Yeah, that kind of goes back to a comment you made before. Is it auctionable or not? The stuff you're keeping longer is probably the stuff that is more auctionable, yeah. that's graded, that's higher end, that's nicer. Like you said, that's easier to move. Anything, my question to you, I have thought about, this is an action step, because I'm going to try to have questions that are like action steps, that maybe I need to consider having a hobby executor. Uh, I have an executor for my will, but maybe I need a, an express hobby executor that maybe gets a percentage and decides what goes where, because it'd be pretty overwhelming. Uh, otherwise, my wife or heirs would have to deal with a bunch of people coming in and figuring out what do we do. And if somebody yeah. wants to take it all or to take it off premises, you lost control. So I've thought yeah. of having a hobby executor. But then the question is, who is it? And the Amen. other question is, who is it not? Uh, there's some people that have um, the knowledge, but they wouldn't be the person I would choose. My next step is to come up with a list of uh, people that I would recommend, and maybe I need to clear it with them ahead of time. Sure. So my question to you is, are you thinking about that, or am, am, are you encouraging me to, to say, here's the list of people to go through to offer them this opportunity? And they yeah. may, the first one may say no. So anyway, you're yeah. Question. Oh, I, I think that sounds like a good idea. I do. Obviously, with your contacts with the industry, it's a no-brainer. I think too many cooks spoil the broth. You might not want a full committee of people 
who are the executors of this because then they're going to have, no, you ought to send that here and you ought to send that there and conflict. But I think if you had three people that you trusted and valued and obviously have the knowledge to help your heirs and your wife, if that were the case, to figure out where it goes, I think that's a great idea. I could definitely benefit from doing the same thing. My list would definitely include people like you and Joe Davis and others that I know, et cetera. If I'm gone before they are, they could help. You've already furthered my thinking, Brad. Thank you. To finally respond to that, I think a committee is probably not good. But Mm -hmm. what you pointed out indirectly is that maybe, in keeping with my other previous episode, maybe I need a hockey executor, a basketball (laughs) executor, and a football executor, and a wrestling executor. Brett McGrath would stand in and say, I'm ready to do it for 0%, maybe. (laughs) Exactly. So maybe that'd be more fun to break it up by sport, because that's one of the things. Okay. With grading, and of course, grading right now, everybody is frustrated with the long wait times and everything else. But setting aside the wait times and, and the issues that come from that, I've just really noticed, Jim, that graded cards, even in lesser condition, it's amazing what they bring versus what the raw, quote, near mint card would be. I've noticed that threes and fours and fives to me are bringing, in some cases, far more than what, quote, book value is in raw or a near mint card. I understand some of the reasoning for that, but my question to you is, does that trend, again, setting aside the problem of waiting so long to get the cards back, has that caused you to extend your thoughts are the depth of the cards that you think you might get graded. You talked about, I do submissions every six months, or that was your philosophy. Are you thinking, I need to submit even more now because it gives you so much more potential inherent value in the cards, as well as the authentication factor? Excellent question. Actually, one of my questions to you was along those same lines. And the answer, or, or what I'm seeing, I was behind schedule on grading. Because I think we've had a run up in cards and it's caused people to think more cards are worth grading. But that's always going to be the case now. I don't think it's we're ever going to retreat on that. So I've realized that if I wait until I die for the executor or my wife to decide what gets graded, that's yeah. that's not reasonable. So maybe I need to accelerate. That's my action step. If it should be graded, then I should get it in the works now. From what we've seen is every grading company, the prices are not going down. That might be that yeah. some computerized grading in 10 years where it's a lot cheaper, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to wait 10 years. So I think I need to be more aggressive in grading, even though they take up a lot more room, but then they're hermetically sealed. So I think I've got to get way more aggressive on grading. Then I can tell my my heirs, my wife, my um, sure. my executor, that if it's graded, it's probably for a reason. For 1% of them, it's a sentimental reason. For the other 99%, it's a value reason. But I right. think I need to initiate that. Uh, I would agree with that. Wait until, after all, and in fact, there's nothing on my wall that isn't already graded. So I've been right. motivating my grading by whether I'm going to put it on the wall. I think I need to motivate it by I'm way into the second half of my life. <laughs> and right. I, if it's going to be graded, I need to grade it sooner. So I understand. I, I agree with that. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question on that. If you were me, and that is that if I picked an executor and then I'm dead, obviously, when I die and I have all these BGS graded cards, should I restrict my executor from crossing over? Ooh, in your case, I probably would. My next question is kind of build on that to you. So, yeah, I would think you'd want to avoid because the executor, if, if if he's thinking this money's going to your wife, going to your heirs, whoever you've got it deemed to go to, would your wife want to deal with, oh, I'm going to crack these cards out and send them off to PSA or somewhere else and wait a year or more and then get them back and maybe we get a better grade. They'd look at them like they're crazy. And, and rightly, I would think. Plus, that's your name on that holder. Yeah. And you know what? And there's a reason you chose those holders. And I totally agree with it. 
I probably would want to say that, even though I, I think for most people, I don't know that they would have the gumption to do that anyway, to send you know, your cards in and put them in a PSA holder or whatever. I, I don't think it would be a good book for them. To Keep do. it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, I, I agree. I okay, agree. Your, your turn. Along those same lines, I, I want to let you know, I'm, from one of your sponsors several months back, I was watching a card from Heritage Auctions. It was a PSA 10 of Murray's rookie card. And it had on the PSA label, Dimitri Young, obviously based major league player, good major league player. Apparently he decided to sell off his collection. And when he submitted it, he requested that they put his name on the label. Right. Just to let you know, as you may or may not know that a PSA 10 Murray only brings about 15 grand, which is a lot of money. And I don't have one. I'd love to, but probably not down the road. That particular Dimitri Young card, Dr. Beckett, sold for $45,600. I was astounded to see that. I thought to myself, where in the world does Dimitri Young's name on a card bring three times the value? So to that effect, have you thought about when you or have you submitted any of your cards to BGS and said, I want you to put Dr. Jim Beckett collection on the label? Because quite frankly, for certain cards, you probably ought to do that because the potential value on the back end and the legacy, I mean, your legacy in the collection, it, it would be wonderful to have those cards that people would know decades from now oh wow dr beckett owned that card one time I'm not sure it's going to be that, that big a premium brad but uh, it would be a big guys, the bgs guys would do that they did a little test of that uh a number of years ago the dimitri young thing he was way ahead of uh, other players back when he went out and bought the finest of the fine uh, a yeah. very top rookie car many years ago and then when he cashed out people knew and stood the test of time there's a story there so maybe there's a little premium there so i, I don't want to compete with dimitri young on the other hand my eddie murray is not the gem mint anyway but just cards in general i think your vintage cards any of them i grant you've already got so many behind you that may that don't have that designation but if you did it i can see where it would definitely be a neat thing for posterity but also I believe would bring a lot more value to your family, to whoever your heirs are, because yeah. who wouldn't want to own a really nice vintage card, whatever the grade, if it's a five, a six, a seven, or a 10, who wouldn't want to own a card in a BTS holder that was in Dr. Beckett's collection? Okay. I know I would potentially. Okay, my turn. My wall of fame that you're looking at and that people have been on the podcast have seen, would I keep that intact? It's not going to go in my casket, but would that be the last thing I would sell? And would I even sell it? Would I think about donating that? to something. What are you thinking about that? Because I may need to thin out a few cards in there that would make no sense. You can see there's a 53 page and a Gowdy Ruth and a, a Leaf right. Jackie Robinson. There's some valuable cards in there, Absolutely. but a bunch of them are not that valuable. They're just meaningful to me and things I want to show. So sure. if I thinned it out just a tiny bit and I was already 80-20 rule, I'm already getting most of the money from this other stuff. Right. But do you think that would make sense to not the baseball hall of fame, but that there would be some way to keep that intact as opposed to selling it off piecemeal. Yeah. As we talked about before, I think obviously if you piecemealed it, the, the less expensive aren't going to bring as much money anyway. But if people knew they came from your collection, or they were on your wall, that might have some impact with people. Obviously the mega cards that are on the wall are going to bring strong value regardless. It would be done in a way it would be great. And I would hope the O's we talked about before that people within your family would have some interest in keeping certain cards just because of the legacy and within the industry. they Even if they're not card collectors, I would hope there'd be some things they'd want to keep. But yeah, I think you could go either way. I think if you could find the right person that would take it and keep it, that's one thing. But on the other hand, is that person out there, other than other hobbyists like a Rich or somebody who are dear friends as well, obviously they would love it and treasure it and keep it. But 
in many cases, I think there's too much money here and I don't have the room or the patience to keep all of this. So we've had that discussion before. I remember in my case, because it's, oh, we want to honor Uncle Brad and keep all this stuff. No, they don't. They want the money. <laughs> you know? So No, they want the junk gone and the money turned into cash. That's what they want. And I get that. I, I would hope they would keep certain things in mind. My action step on that is, and I don't know if it'll be next year, probably when I get my next wave of stuff back from BGS, I'm going to do some replacements and I'm going to try to not thin out the wall, but pull some lesser players that I saw Roddy Piper there in the corner that you can see. Mm-hmm. He, he has no meaning to me. And he was an interesting wrestler, but he's right next to Scotty Pippen because right. P.I.E. and uh, Luke Sewell's there and Billy Shaw, even though those are interesting. People aren't going to say, oh, wow, let me look more closely at that. But uh, Babe Ruth or the Satchel Page, 53 yeah. Pops, Arias, David Ortiz. David Ortiz, right. Uh, platinum. People say, oh, I haven't seen that. I said, I need to thin it out a little bit. And when I do, then there'll be greater appreciation. Plus, it gives me something to work on. I'm going to be... Well, it gives you, yeah, something to have fun with. Because I mean, I'm going to be it, refining it, the wall so that if you uh, yeah. if we do this in six months, then you're going to say, oh, I, I noticed there's some different players there. Exactly, yeah. If you've got one through a thousand, number thousand is always you know, going to be the last card on the wall. And there's probably something better you may want to add eventually. It's like your kids. You love all the kids equally, right. but not the same. It's, each one's different. These aren't my kids, but I have more than a thousand cards. So I probably need to thin out, take out some of the ones that are not as much interest so that when people come over, they're really appreciating, but it's multi-sport too. You've really helped me consider that when I go to sell, even if I have this executor, somebody that's going to help my wife and heirs through it, having more than one, you say, Hey, you're the basketball guy and everything's pretty much labeled except for the wall is the wall is the only thing that's commingled by the baseballs all together. And so if somebody just took all the baseball, that'd be most of the value. There's some basketball guys out there that are really totally into it. And there's baseball guys that don't care about basketball. So maybe I should pick somebody that really cares that has high integrity and is available to do something. I'm sure it's more than a long weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think there's great value in that. I do. I think uh, you're on the right track with, with many of those thinkings uh, and those thoughts. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks, Brad. Ask you. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in-